Today with Catherine Ruinala. There was one testimony of a lady just this weekend who'd had a, um, an, an operation 30 years ago and had a nerve severed in her, uh, in her face and half, her face was numb. Had, she had no feeling. She had no taste in one side of her tongue. And just in the prayer line on the first night, bang, the Holy Spirit just touched her and she was so, so gloriously healed. So many miracles like that that just change lives. And uh, so we give God all the glory and all the praise. It's the idea of being here for a greater things event. That is my language. That is, I, yes. When the exemption was denied, I, I, I thought, no, no, I know, I know I'm meant to be here for that. But I do believe that we have entered into a season of supernatural shift where the Holy Spirit is doing something supernatural and powerful. The winter is over and the spring has come and there's a dinner bell ringing, waiting for those who will respond. You see, in the kingdom, it's all about us responding to the love of God, responding to the invitations. Uh, We love because He first loved us. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Yes, it's true. Hallelujah. One of the most significant revelations that changed my life came in the form of Ephesians 3, the beautiful apostolic prayer, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. That prayer that we would be, the Holy Spirit would strengthen us with might on our inside, that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend together with all the saints. And how good is it to be together with all the saints? Hallelujah. We're in lockdown at home, so together with all the saints is just so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. That we may know Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, as it is by faith. Hallelujah. That we'd be we'd have the comprehension that's incomprehensible of the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of God that passes knowledge, that we'd be filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. And he took that, I began to pray that prayer every day for three months solid in the early years of my, um, of my life. And as I did, I, you know, the Bible had, tells me that whatever I ask according to his will, I could have. And I knew enough to know that this is a prayer that is absolutely the will of God for everybody. So he says, I can have this. So I prayed it, I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have this, I need this. Cause I was so insecure. I, I had come from a background of abuse and abandonment and rejection as a child. and. I just needed, I needed the love of God that would cast out all fear. I needed revelation that would be continuous, overflowing. And so I prayed it and prayed it and I still pray it and he still fills and and it changed my life. 
But the very next verse, after this incredible revelation of the love of God, is now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, or imagine. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations, amen. And I believe that's where we are. For the last 20 plus years, we've been marinating as a body of, the, of Christ in the revelation of the love of the Father. And now, as an overflow of the revelation of love, faith works by love. Now, unto Him, I believe we're going to see things we've never seen before that the Lord inviting us truly into the greater works. And, and this is no slogan that they've called it greater things. This is the prophetic invitation from the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. But another way that in my life that I've seen shift from one level to another to the next, to supernatural, powerful shift has come through encounter. And I just got real with God. I said, Lord, I can't see you, I don't know you. It's very hard to worship someone I can't see and don't know. Help. And he did. And I found him. And I've never been the same since. It's like, oh. It was a supernatural encounter. And it's my best prayer still. My best prayer is help. He's my ever-present help in time of need. And my time of need, I've discovered, is all the time. And so if you ask help all the time, you get help all the time. Oh. Hallelujah. I was delivered through an encounter. Uh, a man had come to church when I was just 23. And I was full of fear and, and, and I had a, a little ganglion tumor on my wrist and this guy said, if you fast and pray for healing, come back tonight and we'll pray. And I didn't really fast and pray, I forgot about it. I ate cakes all day. But um, I did skip dinner and uh, I thought maybe that'll count and I slipped on the end at the end of the night lifted my hands to the Lord and he touched me. I was on the floor shaking like a leaf. I didn't even know what was going on. I thought, can Christians even have demons? I don't even know. But the Lord touched me so powerfully. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And I ha he came as I was saying, what's going on, God? I saw a vision of Jesus right in front of my face and he said, Catherine, I'm setting you free from everything. <sighs> After that, I was hearing the voice of God like never before, everything shifted. I got so hungry, so hungry that I would read everything I could get on John G. Lake, Maria Woodworth, Edda, Catherine Coleman, Smith Wigglesworth. I just, I was so hungry. And as I'd read all of these different revivalists, I mean, I remember going to a shopping center and just, I, I, I was just 23, had my first baby. But I remember seeing a, li a little boy with spina bifida in a wheelchair and I, I couldn't take it. 
I, I had to go into the restroom and cry and cry and cry with frustration that just said, it's not okay, God, that I can feel so much compassion and yet feel so powerless when your word says that the same works you did and greater works would they do. It's just not okay. And I just, Ugh. I got this holy frustration. And I tell you, another entrance, another dinner bell into divine shift is this holy frustration. And, and when you recognize it, don't just let it sit there, let it push you. Hallelujah. Let it make you focus and go and get what God's inviting you to. And so I'd read about these revivalists and I'd see, seems like a common denominator with all of them was this baptism of fire. So I went, okay, well, I reckon that's what I need. I'd been baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues when I was 14, but nobody really talked about power and miracles. So I was like, maybe I missed something. I like a... I need a baptism of fire. So I just got so hungry. I started going to these really strange meetings. I mean, if it smelled like smoke, I was there. You know, I just, I'm so hungry. But I, I didn't really like a lot of it. I walked out of several meetings because I was offended by what I was seeing. I, I, I mean, it was right in the mid-90s when people were laughing and stuff and I would come up to the altar and all I would do was cry and I'd look over at the laughing people and I'd think, they need to be serious for God. <sighs> and I'd look around, I'd see them doing things and people do impartation. I'd be like, don't touch me. I don't want that. I don't know if I want that. I don't know if it's God, you know. But I kept coming because I was so hungry. <laughs> And eventually God got me, he got me so good. I mean, there was this thing called the Toronto Blessing that this person, Dr. Clark, had started and it had come to Australia and everybody was a bit, mm, I don't know about this. I tell you, my life's never been the same since. He baptized me with fire and I still, I mean, just a whiff, of a move of the spirit and my, my whole body just <laughs> shakes and trembles. My, my pastor used to say, it's, Catherine, just some people have weak wiring when it comes to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> They're just overload. I'm like, oh, if I stop my hand, my mouth starts going, my leg starts. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. And it's not about manifestations, but... <laughs> I think it's quite, I think God thinks it's quite funny considering how judgmental I was in the beginning, you know, hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it can come through impartation. I, I received an impartation of what was started over in Toronto all the way over in Australia. And that impartation changed my life and changed lives all around the world, hallelujah, which is why it's so special for me to be here, hallelujah. And I know many of you would have had your life changed as a result of that impartation, but then I remember going to another meeting uh, several years later and I, I'd, I'd started ministering and Dr. Clark was there and he called up the pastors for prayer 
And he didn't even get, he didn't even lay hands on me. He just stood in front of me and he said, you're shifting into an apostolic anointing. And I, I fell on the, on the platform and that, I was like plugged into electricity for half an hour. It was just power of God, raw power of God. I couldn't understand it. Randy's just standing there like nothing's happening and I'm like, fire. And then we went from having one church to having a whole network of churches to being on television all over the world, stadiums. I mean, just incredible things that the Lord has done as a result of a shift to another level, hallelujah. My intercessors who are all stuck in Australia have said, please don't come back without Randy laying hands on you. We, we believing for another shift, hallelujah. So, uh, cause they wanna receive too, hallelujah. And it's not, about, it's not about Dr. Clark, but it's about the Holy Spirit using a point of contact, hallelujah, to bring us to a new place by faith. But this holy frustration, I believe, is a real key for us. Just recently, well, actually, I've had several points through my life where this holy frustration has been the dinner bell that has brought me into divine shift. First was that frustration, God, I gotta start seeing this. I gotta see what they see. The second time was after I was first on Sid Roth's show uh, with my Living in the Miraculous book and he introduced me as the, this woman carries the anointing of Catherine Coleman. And then everywhere I'd go, they would come and the sick were getting healed. I mean, just incredible miracles were happening. But I remember very shortly after that, I was at Glory City, Atlanta and people were coming in with their suitcases off the plane and we saw amazing miracles, people getting out of wheelchairs, just amazing things. But there was a young boy there that had, was six years old who had never spoken. And his family had come a long way to, to get a miracle. And at the end of three days, they had had just a wonderful time in the presence of God, but he wasn't healed. And I went to LA after that, and I was just sitting in a meeting, and I got so frustrated. I was thinking about this little boy and thinking, God, it's not okay. This is, it's not okay. It's not okay that we talk about you healing. You healed them all. You healed all who came to you, God. You, you healed them all. There were none sick among them. We're living under a greater covenant. God, you said the same works you did in greater works. God, we got, I gotta see more. God's okay, he doesn't, he doesn't get offended when you get frustrated like that. I, I just, oh. And I was sitting in a meeting, my friend Cindy Jacobs was preaching. I love her, but I couldn't even concentrate on what she was saying. I was wrestling with God. And I went out to the back into the car park, a parking lot, I translate as I go, hallelujah. Pastor Tony was there, some of our other pastors uh, from Atlanta. And it was late at night and they were opening up the car and this guy just comes up to me in the dark. He just says, pick a number between one and 22. I thought, LA, nighttime. Hi, hi, I'm Catherine, what's your name? He goes, I'm Michael, pick a number between one and 22. 
I was like, okay, Michael. Um, and I picked a number. I don't know where he got it, but he opened up this big Bible. He said, I have a verse for you. And he healed them all. I mean, I was so shocked. I turned around to try to get our friend's attention. I turned back and he was gone. You were there. I was like, all right, you got my attention. Because he wants it more than we do. He wants the world to see him. It's all about him being manifested and glorified. Miracles aren't just some party trick. They are the glory of God. I've seen whole families and lives changed. People get saved. Whole families get saved because mama got her hearing back or because this one was healed of stage four cancer or this one was blind and now they see. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in my own family. My brother, he was um, very hurt by the church when he was young and lived his whole life away from God. And, um, but recently when I was in Vietnam, where he lives, um, I had an opportunity to talk with him and you know, he was quite strongly against, he'd call us hallelujah flop downs. You know, he'd say hallelujah and flop down. <laughs> but um, he had a skin cancer on his hand and he said, oh, Kath, um, my girlfriend says you've got magic. You know, can you just like do the thing? I said, you know it's not magic. I said, we'll pray for you in the name of Jesus. And my daughter and I, we just prayed for him. Well, two days later, he sent me a photograph where the thing had fallen off and he just had this beautiful, smooth skin. As a, as a result, his heart just completely softened toward the Lord. Now, it's just incredible what the Lord has done. My dad's a doctor, and he had been saved in a Billy Graham crusade when he was 15. Mum and dad were then divorced when I was just two or four. And um, he's a wonderful man, but he sort of got religion educated out of him at university, and he didn't believe in any of this especially healing. But we brought him along to a missions trip once because we were short of a doctor. We were doing some medical missions. And he decided to come along. He'd just semi-retired. He saw a lady come in in Cambodia. She was bent over like this. She couldn't stand up. They called her lady number seven. She'd walk like this. And he diagnosed her and um, prescribed some anti-inflammatories and pain relief because her, her spine was fused. She couldn't stand up. She came into the prayer room, re received the good news of the gospel, was saved. Then they offered to pray for her. Nothing happened. Then this little Cambodian man said, can we just pray one more time? Little Cambodian pastor. They prayed one more time and poof, she just stood up and walked back past my father's desk. Well, he now watches me on Daystar every week. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord, it's just wonderful. So I believe in miracles as a manifestation of the glory of God. Hallelujah. 
But just recently, I've had a, another holy frustration. We've been ministering a long time and seen incredible stuff, like incredible stuff. End stage cancers, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. I mean, amazing miracles and on a regular basis. Praise the Lord, we're so grateful for that. But I got to a point just in the last couple of months, I was in Sydney and I did a meeting and we had people get saved and we had people get healed and it was great. And a friend of mine came who I hadn't seen for a long while, who was just had really, he's got very severe Parkinson's. And I just oh, got angry with the enemy. I'm like, oh, I wanna see this healed. And I just went after it. And he didn't get healed. And I went home and I actually had an appointment to call Pastor Tony Thompson here. We've seen miracles, just incredible miracles. Uh, just incredible. You have to buy some of the books to read about some of the incredible things. In fact, one of the most amazing creative miracles I've ever seen, um, Pastor Tony uh, prayed for a woman who had her one lung surgically removed. She had lupus and cancer. And as he went to pray for her, the Lord said, will you partner with me for a creative miracle? And uh, he asked her, Will you believe with me for a creative miracle? And well, long story short, she started feeling really weird. And they did some tests and they said, your oxygen levels are way higher than someone who has one failing lung. We need to do a scan. They did this scan and then they didn't know what to do. They, well, because they had done a 12 hour operation to remove the lung and so they said, um, uh, you have a breathable mass where your lung used to be. <laughs> so they actually called the specialist to fly from te Texas to Savannah to look at the scan. And he just said to them, don't be ridiculous. This woman's received a miracle. That is a brand new lung. both seen like wow stuff. We've had people come in with uterine cancer and watched as, the, as the, the, the stomach's gone back to normal from looking like it was nine months pregnant. I mean, astonishing things we've seen. But as I called him that night, we both felt this, this is just this frustration. God, I don't wanna keep doing this where we just have meetings where there's a few people get miracles and healings. We love that you do that, God, but this is not enough. It's just not enough. I don't wanna do this anymore. Like this, no, no. It, and the next generation, for them it should be normal that they are all healed. That just should be normal, God. I don't wanna just keep doing this for another 20 years. It's great when a few people get healed, but God, we need to see a shift. <sighs> anyway, he was feeling it too. So the next week I was in Newcastle it's just a few months, uh, a few weeks ago, really, or a couple of months, in New South Wales. And I was doing, I was doing two conferences at once. I was doing the presence conference with Randy and Jean-Luc and Pastor Bill and others online, and I was doing the conference there, and I was just being saturated and 
faiths and testimonies. And I said to the people, okay, on Sunday night, we're gonna have a miracle meeting. I want you to fast and pray and come expecting a miracle. Well, you know, the very first person that was healed that night without even hands being laid on, I had a word of knowledge about someone with a neurological disorder. The first man who stood up had Parkinson's and he was instantly healed. First thing he noticed was the double vision had gone. Well, then all the symptoms were gone. He couldn't contain himself. He had to run down the front and testify. We saw so many deaf ears open. So, I mean, even the sound guy up the back had to take his hearing aids out because he was hearing everything. I mean, just amazing, amazing things. And then I went home and I said, because we've been, you know, (laughs) unable to travel much. And I said to our people, I went, right, we need more. So I decided to call a monthly miracle meeting. We do meetings every week, pray for the sick every week. But there was something about calling it a miracle meeting because there's something being released right now about focused faith. You see, when you start to get your eyes on Him, when you start to focus your faith, that's when you see him who is the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. 